Evening Standard. <laughs> Get your Evening Standard. Standard. Read all about it. Someone's selling a paper. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Brace Price, and I'm producing this episode of the podcast to talk about tabloid news. Tabloid journalism is a style of journalism that emphasises sensational crime stories, gossip columns about celebrities and sports stars, and junk food news and astrology. What the hell is junk food news? (laughs) News in today, McDonald's has updated its Big Mac. (laughs) Junk food news. I think, is is it like um, news that is... Not good for you. Yeah, like I think junk that's food, it. like takeaway. So a tabloid newspaper is more compact than a broadsheet newspaper. Don't you know? Tabloid is de- defined as roughly seventeen by eleven inches, and commonly half the size of a broadsheet. So the um, the Guardian recently they they're going to a tabloid size, yeah, but they are still a broad broadsheet content. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've seen that. They've uh, they've gone smaller, haven't they? So don't you think though, when anyone's reading a broadsheet, they're a bit of a prick. Why like when they you're holding it out really wide. Yeah, it's like the definition of a man taking up space on the tube. He has a broadsheet and he like widens his legs and his arms so he can take up that space. Where does the word tabloid come from? Tabloid. It's just like such a weird word to me. It looks kind of like an alien word. Tabloid. Like I'm a tabloid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, Ruby, what paper did you, was in your house when you were growing up? My parents didn't buy the paper. What? They never bought the paper. Not even a Sunday. They'd get the Enfield advertiser that came through the post and they would read that paper. We didn't read the paper in my house. They would watch telly news, but we didn't read papers. I thought you were going to say watch telly nude. (laughs) (laughs) My my house paper was the Daily Mail. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we only got it delivered on a Sunday and I was allowed to not go to church if I read the paper. Wow. With my dad. That's nice. So basically, I really love Princess Diana because <laughs> it's been indoctrinated. Yeah. <laughs> in me since a very young age. Mm. What's your favourite tabloid then? So your choices are Daily Mail, The Mirror, The Express, The Sun. I put Daily Sport, but that's like a porn paper. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really like The Sun. I'm, you know, <laughs> really? I'm one of Britain's, like, you know, the winner of Britain, if you like the sun, right? Because that's like the biggest, like, circulated paper. Oh, well, the, recently the Daily Mail have taken over. Oh, have they? Yeah. Wow. That's news to me. I think it's... <laughs> news, tabloid news to me. <laughs> Read all about it. As of spring 2017, the Daily Mail is the most read paper in the UK. Until then, the sun, the sun held the title. Both are politically right-wing leaning papers. Like the headlines are always like the best for me. They're always like really fucking stupid headlines. They're really exciting. What's your favourite headline? Um, oh, it's not a sun headline. Annoyingly, I saw something in the Daily Mail this week because um, I sit next to the PR team in the office and they get the papers in every day. And there was a headline that was, "Why are Kate's fingers all the same size?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then they'd drawn a square around it and they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy a good pun and stuff, but like really for me, it's. It's it's a stupid question posed to a, to the public. I like uh, what they do with sort of like graphics and pictures. Like, even though I don't agree with the title or the content of it, I like the "Don't Chuck Britain in the Core Bin" uh, yes. when he was in the trash can. I mean, they make some really outrageous. It's almost like a cartoon, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's kind like, of it's quite. If it would be satirical, if it was left wing, right? 
Yeah, right. But true. it's right wing, so it's theatre. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is satirical. It is. But alongside the the Corbyn headline, the the bullet points were terrorists friend, <laughs> useless on Brexit, enemy on business, massive tax hikes, puppets of the unions, nuclear surrender, ruinous spending, open immigration. And Marxist extremists. People can only read two words at a time who read this paper. <laughs> two or three words, three words max. And, and they're all lies, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's a fact. It's just an opinion, like, you know, useless on Brexit. It's like, you can't ever really say that that's giving anyone news <laughs> in any way. My, one of my favourites that really captured my heart and imagination when I was young was the old um, Beckham's Secret Affair don't know, however many pages spread, and I read every word as if Rebecca my life Luce. depended on it. I remember it. that really well, yeah. I mean, horrendous, right? Mm. <laughs> I was addicted to that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is the biggest news. So I think they really capitalised on bringing golden boys and golden balls, as he was known back there, like down. Pe- yeah. People who are like, uh, pr- like really great, they need to fall from like a really high height. Yeah, digging dirt on people. That was actually from News of the World. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're done now because of the phone hacking, hacking. scandal yeah. and all the lies. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca Brooks, right? Um, do you remember Bonkers Bruno locked up? Yes, I do. That's really depressing, isn't it? Mm. Bonkers Bruno locked up. Um, it labelled him as a nut and it, promoted, and it prompted a storm of protests from readers and mental health charities. And then once they've realised they misjudged the public's mood, the Sun, the Sun editor was forced to change the headline and uh, she changed it to Sad Bruno in Mental Health Home <laughs> with accompanying story labelling him a hero. How, how they change. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they're a, they reflect the public's opinion or they, um, they inform and change it? I, I think they inform and change it. I think... The what protects them is they think that they or, or they like to promote that they are reflecting the public's opinion, but I think they inform and change it massively. That's yeah, I mean, it's scary to think that the national newspaper with such power could do that. Also, I'm just really interested in like Bruno, um, what's his name? Frank Someone? Bruno, Frank Bruno, that's it, Frank Bruno, and like how some of these tabloid newspapers talk about race. Yeah. Um, especially ethnic minorities, they're always like alertists and alarmist of like terrorists and you know, refugees coming into this country to steal stuff. Like, it's always... That's the most disturbing thing to me about tabloids, the way they talk about ethnic minorities. It's just crazy. And uh, class issues, like, they've been... uh, The sun has been used phrases like feral, underclass, and benefit scroungers. Mm. They use a lot of nasty describing words. Mm. And now, a statistic. So, some quick stats on newspapers. Um, The Observer was founded in 1791, and it's the oldest, um, the world's oldest Sunday newspaper. I think that's a really good name, isn't it? The Observer for a newspaper that's like, I'm just observing. (laughs) I'm just here. I'm just a passive observer. The Daily Mirror was founded in 1903, which is Britain's oldest surviving tabloid. And again, another really great name. It's like a mirror reflecting Mm. society. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and obviously the Daily Mail is the most read paper in the UK, taking over the sun, who who just ruled the roost for so long. Mm. Um, Okay, so 
One of the first things that sticks in my mind when we're thinking about newspapers is the paparazzi. Is it fair game to take a picture of a celebrity? Ah, it's really hard because there are some people who are famous for lots of different reasons. Like if you're famous for being a reality TV star, then that's kind of what you want and that's your aim and that's like where you're at. But if you're famous for, you know, doing humanitarian work, I don't know, maybe that maybe that's me saying like there's different levels of fame and so your privacy should be respected at different times of it. Because if you're somebody who's like wanting it and out there and taking, you know, going to clubs and coming out, you know, flashing your knickers. I don't know if that actually happens, but you just always hear of that. Oh, God, the paparazzi, the upskirt shots. Upskirt shots. Um, I remember in Emma Watson's UN address, she, I mean, listened to that about four times, so <laughs> could, could re- re- recite it word for word, but in a part of it, she talks about on her 18th birthday having press lying on the floor, paparazzi lying on the floor to take pictures up her skirts because she was 18. So she walked into her own 18th birthday party and then there was this braying mob of press outside. Wow. And I think women, they bear the brunt of that, don't they? The up mm. skirts, nip slips. Mm. Nip slips. Nip slips. I don't think I've ever had a nip slip. I'm not really good at like low cleavage tops, but if I was, I'm sure a nip slip could happen. But a nip slip, fine. Just a nip slip. Just a nipple. <laughs> it's like nothing, yeah. It's just another... leave people alone. Mm. I'd, ha- I'd hate for people, someone to take a picture up my skirt. Yeah. I mean, I think like, everyone would. It's sexual assault. It's so. the biggest invasion of privacy, but I guess my suggestion would be that if you are uh, famous for perhaps getting naked on television or... I mean, that, I don't know if that gives anyone a right, but it's like everyone's already seen it. It's already You've already chosen to put it out there. So, like, someone like... On Celebrity Love Island, for example. Somebody who wears a bikini and is yeah. a celebrity. I mean, this is quite controversial, what I'm saying, because I'm saying, I like, if, it is. if you're doing that, you've already given up your right to privacy. That's kind of what I'm saying. So, like, someone like Jordan, uh, Katie Price, <laughs> very 90s, me calling mm. her Jordan. Uh, and who was the other lady that was her, like, rival... Oh, um, there were two of Jodie them. Marsh. Jodie Marsh. Yeah. God, we're such 90s kids. <laughs> These are such references. I just remember loads of pictures of them, like, in any situation. Mm. And Jodie Marsh's famous one, which we should put up, is the one where she wore, like, two belts. Yeah. <laughs> one black belt there. And one I remember. Belt on I tried that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just like, what does this look like? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I look like... I don't know, I look... I just look weird yeah like I'm into some weird bondage she was like quick take it off <laughs> just standing alone in my teenage bedroom with belts over my boots <laughs> um would you feel comfortable being a pat I've I don't think I would no and also where does this word paparazzi come from is it an Italian word about like pa- paparazzi <laughs> you it's love- like your daddy your da- I know I'm always into the etymology <laughs> you love the words <laughs> I need to remember that next time I'm doing one of these in my yeah. notes I'm going to write me, down what tell all me the some words definitions. Mean. I love a good etymology like a good understanding of that but would I no I wouldn't I I really like doing photography and the one thing that's prevented me from you know, doing a blog about my own photographies because I find it really hard to ask people to take a photograph of them. I do too. I've got a friend um, that I was uh, on holiday with and she would just go up to people and take quite intimate pictures of, not in a weird way, but Mm. like of just a son with his child on his lap eating an ice cream. Mm. She'd get like a real candid, kind of beautiful shot of just these strangers. Whereas I'm so, I couldn't do that. 
she sometimes says, can I take a picture? Like, but very subtly. Yeah. And we'll just take them, take them, take them. And I, I was like, I need to be more like that if I want to get some good snaps on the old Insta. Yeah. But I can't do it. I just freak out. I'm just like, they're going to think I'm, they're going to like kick I, my camera. I also find that sometimes when I see an intimate moment between people, that's just such a nice thing to enjoy rather than take a photograph of it. But I wonder, like, with, with paparazzi, you know, they often like to, like, get couples in there and balconies at their hotel rooms yeah. with, like, a really long lens. And yeah. they've rented another room to do it. And it's like, that is just beyond anything that you think that it's so important for you to get these two people in their, in their private space, which yeah. they're on holiday. Like, there's so many lines that I just couldn't cross to, like, I'd be a really shit pap. I'd be a shit pap. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm not paparazzi, I'm mamarazzi. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet a female paparazzi. We need to find one, we'll find mm, one. Because yeah, that's a good idea. for me, the paparazzi that I've uh, sort of been around, like when, when I did some current affairs stuff, a lot of kind of events and things where paparazzi were there, mm. and they're all sort of like white... 50-something men and they're like, all right, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hello, I'm filming for this. And yeah, they were yeah. like, we're just here trying to get a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and they've always got like a little stool with them. Yeah, So yeah. they can like hop up over, over the other paps to like get a better shot. Mm, and yeah. when, like, when I was working with Joey Essex, and I think Russell as well, Russell Brand, they were like, come on, mate, come on, mate, give us a picture, give us a picture, turn around, all right, cheeky, cheeky. Mm. And it was, they were being quite personable with them. Mm. And saying and their name as yeah, if they know them. over and over again. Yeah. Russell, Russell, Russell. And the, well, they'll be like, Russ, mate, Russ, mate. Oh, and it's like, God. oh, would you know each other? <laughs> yeah, he sits outside my house every night. Of course I fucking know him. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We bloody love it. We bloody love a bit of tabloid goss. Do you do the Daily Mail sidebar of shame? I try not to, but often for work when we're researching things, you know, when you just have to look for an article or mm. some information, they're, they're very pop culture like the Daily Mail, like the, the celebrity gossip. And often when you're developing TV shows, it's like, we need to know as much as we can about this celebrity because we'd like them to front a show. Mm. So you just, and I just dive in and then I'm there for hours. Mm. And then someone will come to my computer and be like, why are you looking at this thing about Kim Kardashian? And aren't you looking at Sir Cliff Richard? And I'm like, yes, I'm because meant to be. Kim Kardashian and Kim, Fri- R- Kim, Kim Kardashian and Cliff Richard. There's only three points of se- degrees of separation. <laughs> How do you get from Cliff Richard to Kim Kardashian? But I just feel like the Kardashians are always on the sidebar. Yeah. So anything you look at on the Daily Mail, we'll whether, whether it's an NHS story about GPs, the lack of new GPs coming through, mm. or something like that, you'll end up with something about butt implants or tits. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I've actually not looked at the Daily Mail for like two years now. Well done. Um, because I think it sent me into like a really bad insecure place. Because yeah. you just end up looking at like really beautiful women, all dolled up, all on display, all like bikini shots. And you, you look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and you're like, yeah, I didn't look like Kim Kardashian. Or Cliff Richard. Or <laughs> <laughs> Cliff. We can only dream of looking as good as Cliff. It used to be that a headline was tomorrow's fish and chip paper, right? Mm. Now it's on the internet forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it still here today, gone tomorrow? Yeah. Are we creating an existing imprint? So when tabloids do, pre- um, you know, they do publish something extremely personal, it's all online now. And we'll we can research forever. it. We won't forget it. Mm. Uh, we, we can't forget something that we can find so easily. Oh, well, we can forget it. But. Mm. 
I think that's a, also a broader question about like what the internet's done to yeah. our, our histories. <laughs> it's quite a big thing for us to tackle right now. But I think in in like that in terms of like celebrity news, like yeah, now if you want to be famous for anything you're going to be so much more cautious than we were back mm. then. Back in the 90s and people just did Big Brother and they didn't even think about fame as being a bad thing. It was about like money and parties yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just like, no, people will set you up. People will weigh outside your house. People will try and, you know, hurt you. And mm. and even, I think, makes me cautious about posting on Twitter or putting mm. things on my own personal Facebook. And like, if I ever get some random person who I don't know who like follows me and they're like, like, like someone from Britain First followed me. Oh my god! And I was like, oh god, what does this mean? But thank God their Facebook page got taken down this week, so maybe I'm okay. I don't know. Fuck yeah. 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 I was thinking I probably need to go through all of my accounts and just check everything. Mm. You can't delete anything. So I've got Facebook pictures of me smoking weed. I got Facebook pictures of me licking the end of a condom. Oh, that's a festival. <laughs> Really there was nothing in it. it wasn't used it was just out of the packet I've got one of me asleep <laughs> in a bed in my own bed in which is in first year right and I had uh, someone drew a cock on my face <laughs> well that's not your fault it's not my fault but it's so like <laughs> personal it's like you know I'm in my bed when I grow up I want to be famous I want to be a So tabloids, as we said at the beginning, apart from astrology and uh, paparazzi pictures, um, they're also known for gossip columns about celebrities and people in the public eye. And um, gossip and stuff like that is often associated with women. That is, it's like that stereotype of like gossipy women standing in the street, mm-hmm. old wives' tales, <laughs> women just standing outside their front door talking about everyone. I just wonder if there's any truth to the stereotype that women are like the ones that are gossipy and it's fodder for us. Mm. Even though men read newspapers too, but the gossip side of it is definitely something they think that women love. And now, a statistic. A new study suggests that gossiping is a highly evolved social skill and is essential for for relationships to form. Mr Adam Davis, who led the study, said that the findings demonstrate that gossip is intimately linked with mate competition. It's a highly evolved social skill for interpersonal skills rather than a flaw in character. So it's, um, it is linked to mate competition, so finding a partner, but it's also um, competition between women. Yeah, so, so like when put we put down someone, like, I heard that Charlie Braid's price actually cheated on her husband. And then everyone's yeah. like, oh, right, great. And, it's you know, not true, it's just gossip. It's just gossip, <laughs> yeah. Or gossip mongers. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, saying that, it is. It's like giving with one hand, taking away with the other. It's a highly evolved social skill, which I'm very pleased about. Mm. I bloody love a gossip. Yeah. Do you love a gossip? I do, because if loving gossip means being interested in human stories, that's like our entire jobs. Like, we're interested in, like, the stories that make society, that make human beings human, the things that make us the same and the things that make us different. Yeah, love gossip. I just want to know everything about everybody, and then I want to <laughs> deconstruct it with other people. 
Do you actually want to know everything about everybody? Do you yeah. really want to know what Kim Kardashian does after she does a poo? Not really, but I would read it. <laughs> I mean, there are some people I want to know more about than others. Yeah. But if Kim Kardashian was at my work, I'd want to know. Oh, absolutely. Like, if they're in your network, you want to know everything about them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or uh, there's some people that you're just like, you are boring. I don't really care about what you do with your spare time. Really? Right? Yeah. Oh, I think those people, I really want to know what they do with their spare time then, because it's like, you must be doing something weird. Or you, no, you want to know when you can't predict it. Yeah. Someone's like, I know, I know you, I know what you're like, I know what you do at the weekend, yeah. I, I know these things about you. It's just some people that intrigue you, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, what happens, what happens when you're not home? here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like people with the gossip that also give away gossip about themselves. So, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's my level of trust and friendship. Yeah. Whereas, it's a good tactic I, as well. You reveal a bit about yourself, so it doesn't like you're gossiping. You're an absolute bitch, bitch. face. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference between kind of, good-natured gossip <laughs> and like bitching and like I fucking hate that person yeah and I hope people talk about me behind my back you know when people are like say it to my face don't say it to my face unless you feel like you need to then obviously let's have a chat but you know, they talk about me as much as you like it's kind of part of life yeah anyone who thinks that no one's talking about them is wrong yeah that you're just wrong yeah 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 I talk- agree and yeah but it's much important to know because if you are like gossiping is just like finding your place as well so like that person's doing this I'm doing this and like this that person's doing this it's like connecting yourself to like lots of different human beings by just knowing what they're up to mm. I think that's I think there's something quite innocent in gossiping, gossiping I've like positive. that we've intellectualised something yeah. that has for so long been seen as something bad so obviously the red tops the old uh, the old tabloids they they love a bit of gossip but the, the places where it's really really crystallised is pink tops so that is the like women's magazine. So we're talking Closer magazine, Heat. What else? What else is there? Grazia. Take a break. Take a oh yeah, take a break. All of those. Right. Uh, They're more like older, older. There's ones my like mom would read. I had sex with an alien ones. Yeah, or kebabbed by a tree. Yeah, that was a really good. Kebabbed <laughs> by a tree. Yeah, the guy like fell on a tree and it like went uh, the branch went like through his body <gasps> and so he said that he was kebabbed by a tree. Why was it kebabbed? <laughs> because he was, was like, like a kebab skewer. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Um, so Ruby, what's your um, what's your favourite pink top? I really like Grazia. I do. Okay. I like Grazia. Hi, that's, I'd say that's high class. Mm. Actually, maybe Grazia or cl- closer. Closer. That's the one I was. I I was waiting for somebody, and they were taking ages to arrive. So I went to a Sainsbury's. And just picked up closer and read it and then left. I didn't buy it. I used it as a library. <laughs> just just did it. Because I am not so tacky that I would spend money on it, mm. but I would read it in dentist waiting rooms and in Sainsbury's when I'm waiting for someone. I uh, I brought uh, like look heat and closer on a train journey that I had. <laughs> look heat closer. <laughs> I had them on a train journey back from like Bristol on my own back to London. And I brought a packet of crisps in a chocolate bar and I was just reading them, having a good time. And I could see this woman just looking at me and I was like, you're judging me. I know you're judging me, but <laughs> I'm on my own. <laughs> can I just, can I just read Heat can on I my own? I just enjoy them, yeah. Do you have, um, do you know the Circle of Shame? No, what's that? In Heat magazine, they have pictures and they do, so I just spat a bit then. <laughs> 
they have pictures and they do like a circle round like a sweaty armpit or an oh, unshaven yeah, bikini that. line or a bit mm-hmm. of cellulite or a spot. Great. I mean, that's horrendous. Those are the things that we should be ashamed of, right? Yeah. It's really mean. Brilliant. Yeah, that's so de- fucking depressing. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I'd bring that up. Um, but having said that, um, dear listener, and don't, I don't read these, paper, these magazines regularly anymore. As a uh, probably between 18 and 21. I avidly read them, mm. and I even applied for an internship at Heat Magazine. <laughs> wow. <gasps> and I remember I sent them an email and was like, oh, mm. like talking about celebrity goss, la la la. And then at the end, I was like, um, happy new year, because it was the new year. <laughs> um, let's hope Lindsay Lohan keeps her knickers on this year, or something like that. Oh, wow. Never got a reply, and <laughs> I hope that email is just dead somewhere. But no, someone's going to fish that out when you get big. I don't think, like, I'm above gossip. I'm not saying that, like, I wouldn't buy those magazines. Like, yeah. I still look at them. But I, f- I feel a bit ashamed of myself for being interested in them. Who's your favourite celebrity to read about? Oof. What's a draw? Because there are certain people on the front of a magazine like that that I would just buy it just to read an interview with them or to mm. read about their love lives. Who's your, your ones? Is it lame that I'm still kind of into... Victoria Beckham. Oh, yeah. I just think it's quite she's... high class. Yeah. You, Grazia, Victoria Beckham. <laughs> Me, Victoria Beckham, Grazia. Well, she, I, I was reading about her the other day when I was reading this thing about how she, um, you know, she's having problems with David again. And I think their relationship is always oh, something that's... Oh, no. I just Godspeed. <laughs> no, just Godspeed so to you guys. You know, if it works out, if it doesn't, we're all behind you. Well, we're here for you. And it doesn't matter that he, like, cheated on you a few times. You've got an emerging fashion line and, you know... I mean, it's massive now. You're loaded. Yeah. Um, Lovely children. I'm inter- yeah, she's got really, like, lots of kids. I like stories of David Beckham with the kids as well. <laughs> some pictures of him taking them to like football or something. It's really yeah. nice. Big day out. So I think I'm more interested in their relationship. Re- relationships, I guess, are the stuff yeah. that, that always gets me. I'm like, what, he cheated on her again? Like Wayne and Colleen Rooney. I followed that quite oh, closely. Oh, really? I, I do not give a fuck about them. <laughs> and I don't know why. Even from the beginning, I was just like, oh, God, you're so like- annoying. And I, don't, I just don't feel like either of them have... Oh, this is, gonna be really, this is really mean. I just don't feel like either of them have much of personality. Oh, that's so... <laughs> I feel embarrassed. Um, my favourite celebrity is uh, Lauren Goodyear from... Mm. Who was in Tower, who yeah. hasn't really been on much for mm. a long time, but obsessed with her. She I have no a lot idea why. Page entry. She's the one who went out with the Mark right at the start yeah, in Tower. Yeah, Tawi, yeah, and now Long relationship. The, the they're running engaged. narrative was that she's never really gotten over it and that she's yeah, always yeah. trying to ruin his relationship, ruin which I his think marriage, is really good. Which I don't know if she... <laughs> and also her weight loss, weight gain. Mm. Really relate to that. And just, just rooting for her. And I just... You know when, like, celebs... or or, or people who are quite rightly saying, like, these magazines are really negative and a lot of the gossip stories are mean and make people feel awful. I just want the celebrities to know that I'm actually here supporting you and Mm. doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. Even if I read it, I don't believe it all the time (laughs) and don't judge you. (laughs) (laughs) I can just see, like, a lonely... Lonely Lauren Goodyear listening to this. <laughs> Thanks, was... Charlie. And I'm glad you've got your support. Yeah, well... You know, like it's like, oh, all this gossiping, it's really damaging, it's really bad. And it's like, well, I don't think the general public hold that much contempt for people. Mm. 
I think we're all really trying to cheer each other on, aren't we? But we love we love a story. We love the peaks and troughs of a life, whether it's ours or somebody else's. And actually, I know it's really bad, but people often say that people watch EastEnders or Coronation Street because they can see that those li- their lives are sadder than ours. And that yeah. makes us feel better about ourselves. It's more drama. Like, I'm a Celeb Get Me Out of Here is one of the most popular shows on TV. And we're just basically terrorising celebrities. And then one of them wins, but do they really win? <laughs> they come out malnourished and they've had some horrific experiences mm. with spiders and snakes and... And then the people's princess for an hour. I was on the tube on the way to work the other day and um, I sat next to a lady reading The Sun. But I sat next to her and she was she was probably in her 50s. She looked quite like... She looked kind of like my mum. <laughs> like mm. She was just a nice lady. And I was like, oh. Then I looked at her and I saw that she was reading like um, the gossip, like a celebrity article and it was The Sun. And I was like... <gasps> <laughs> I was like, nobody reads that in London. <laughs> no, I think they do. I've seen like lots of Daily My Readers on the tube. And also people stopping at the showbiz section in like the Evening Standard or mm. Metro. Metro's so tabloid. Yeah, it is really tabloid. Um, Often in these gossip stories, um, they get their information and it says a, cl- a source close to the star. Uh, and that gives them somebody else kind of like the liability of the truth of what they're saying. So they kind of get to say whatever they want or what that person's told them. Mm. Do you think we should regulate that more strongly? Uh, right, but then, I mean, like, that's about journalism. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know, because it, it's not that important news, is it, really? So it's like, fuck it, it's just gossip. But then that could have a real detrimental effect on a person's life. If if it says, oh, they're, they're cheating, they're not. But hopefully people who read that will be like, oh, yeah, well, source close to the star. Was it the fucking moon? Like, you know, who was it? Like, what's what? why would you trust something that's not telling you where it came from? And that's like this whole idea of, like, fake news. Like, should yeah. we actually be much smarter about like, checking all of our sources? Because, like, half of the news online is fake. Well, probably more. Yeah. I uh, If I've got a print copy of something, I underline it. When it says a source close to the star, I don't know why. I normally throw the paper away, but I just underline it. <laughs> just so it, I remind myself that everything that follows is probably bullshit. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. YouGov launched an app detailing the average, um, detailing the average reader of all of the national newspapers. Here we are. Here we go. What newspaper do you want to know about first? Daily Mail. It's been on hot topic today. The old DM. Wow, this looks great. Charlie is now pulling out lots of weird drawings of people with different demographics. Here we go. <clears throat> A Daily Mail reader enjoys eating cheese and tomato sandwiches, Ooh. lobster and sweet and sour prawns. They like reading as a hobby and describe themselves as conscientious but intolerant on occasion. Oh. Um, so the niche interests are gardening, property, letters to the editor, golf, editorials and comment. They're most likely to have a dog. Their favourite sports are golf and tennis. Fucking hell. And its a, uh, average reader is a woman, in a uh, middle-aged woman. Golf and tennis. That's the bit I'm interested in, is how do you know what their interests in sport are? Well, it's because they've been surveyed for all different things. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't seem that bad. She sounds all right, to be honest. I like that she's conscientious but intolerant on occasion. I mean, that's the bit 
that's the alarm bit for me. <laughs> Intolerant on occasion. Um, so Daily, Tele- oh, Daily Telegraph, I can't even pronounce what food they like. The, t- the reader enjoys eating Visoji soup. Let's hear. Vishosh, uh, I have no idea. Vichy shosh. The, the, the Daily Telegraph reader likes stinking bishop cheese. <laughs> of course they do. Likely to a cat, describes themselves as analytical, but arrogant on occasion. Ooh. Nat's a man, a slightly younger man. Sports they like a cricket and rugby union. Niche interests are cricket, rugby union. <laughs> <laughs> um, British monarchy. Should we do the... So we're both Guardian readers. Let's see how oh close God, this is to us. It's really depressing, isn't it? Like... So our archetype Guardian person is a younger man with a satchel. It's like a, a man bag. In the picture. He is in his... Uh, looks like he's in his early 30s. The top three favourite dishes of Guardian readers are likely to be antipasti, <laughs> aubergine... Parmigiana. Parmigiana, yeah. What's that? It's like an aubergine and parmesan cheese like bake. Mm, lovely. Mm, it's really um, <laughs> Braised endive? It's. <laughs> it's endive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not a guardian reader after all. <laughs> what is it? It's um a it's a vegetable on Dive, I think. On Dive. Oh my god, <laughs> now I'm not gonna say I think it's on Dive. Oh it's, it looks French. I mean look, we're not really Guardian readers, don't fucking know what an on Dive is. They like yeah, hiking a salad. Sh- it's that. That's an on Dive. It's a bit like a pak choy. Oh yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. I don't think I've eaten one before. Um they're into hiking and shop at Waitrose. Most likely to have a cat. Their niche interests are women's issues, <laughs> culture and the arts. Yep. Human rights charities, ride on. Editorials and comment. And their other niche interest is London. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's my niche interest. That's so interested in London. They also like, they like cricket and cycling. I'd say we both like cycling. We both do like cycling, not, yeah. I'm not really into cricket that much. Don't cricket. And the thing that I found most depressing about looking at all of these types of people um obviously it's kind of bullshit right because it's just uh, people that have taken their surveys like a few thousand people and you know it's quite a niche thing but every picture for all the all the national tabloids and newspapers is of a male apart from the daily mail the average reader's male mm. so that sucks but that could be because of economic power too, right? If men have are earning more money than women and have more money than women, they're going to be buying the newspapers. Yeah. And choosing what the household reads. Like, growing up, what did your... Who who got your Daily Mail subscription? It's probably your dad. Oh, dad read the paper. Mum, don't know what she was doing. She was at church <laughs> on Sunday. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen mum read the paper. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I think we should finish on a positive note. Yeah. What do you think we can learn from the tabloid news? Is there anything positive? Because we've been quite down on it. I feel like I've made some snap judgments in this episode (laughs) and been a bit rude. And I do apologise. I think there's fuck loads of positive things we can take from tabloids. Like, they're telling these great human interest stories and they're telling them in such a, like, interesting and theatrical way, even if it's exaggerated or it's extreme and... It gets us excited and it gives us unifying topics that we can talk about that's not always 
oh, we might all die because there's a nuclear war. Because why don't we just talk about, oh, Lauren Good just cut her hair? It's not perfect. It's got a lot to answer for. But it keeps us connected. And I, I, there's nothing I love more than getting a bunch of Sunday papers around me, a pot of tea, and just sit there and read them all. Mm, yeah, it's dreamy. It's a real luxury as well. Like, yeah. To sit indoors and read the paper and to just think about the world and, and to think about all these people that have such different stories, like lives and stories to you. That's cool. I like that. I think we should finish there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the DAS podcast, please do rate us on iTunes and follow us on all of our various social media. We are We Are DAS podcast. We have a YouTube channel, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Come get us. Come get it. <laughs> read, read all about it. Read all about it. Read all about it. Thank you.